This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Poonam Verma. On today's show, we talk to Courtney Brandt about some very interesting food news. And one restaurant that is one of the best in the world is being ditched by some of its diners. We'll also be talking about how you can get close to drinking local water. Nada from Wonder with Nada joins me in the studio. And we're talking about the brand new library. I'm so excited. I really love libraries now that I'm at this age. And also, Belcanto is a brand new new restaurant that's opened at Dubai Opera. Very sophisticated, only been open for a week. And check out Sand Beach. Chef Prabha joins me. Now, this is a very funky, trendy place. I have been to it on the West Palm, on the Palm Jumeirah. And we're going to be finding out what kind of dishes they serve there. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Now, if you want a job where you have to eat at some of the fanciest places around the world, don't come to me with your application. You need to send it to Courtney Brandt because that's basically all she does. And today, I'm sure she does other stuff. And today, like, like sometimes washing the dishes at home. Also today, we're going to be finding out what is happening out there when it comes to the latest food trends. She did send me a list and there was one that really stood out for me. And I, and I want to bring that up first, Courtney, right? First of all, welcome to the studio. Thank you. It is lovely to be here with you. I, I miss Helen, but I love seeing your face as well. Well, I'm not kind of happy with you because um, my sugar rush has gone down and you don't have any goodies with you. And you promised last I did. time. I did make promises that I didn't keep. I have been. It is a busy time for our city. I am so <laughs> excited for our chefs and restaurants. So I have just been out there writing and tasting and reviewing. It's hard life. Okay, so let's talk about a restaurant, which is one of the top 50 restaurants in the world. And I really feel sorry for this, for this restaurant. It's a three Michelin star restaurant in New York. Courtney's going to explain it more. But basically, due to trying to be environmentally friendly, thinking about animals, thinking about the planet, it's ditched the meat. And as a result, the diners are ditching the restaurant. This is 11 Madison Park, uh, formerly one of the top restaurants. They've kind of been retired out. Um, they were synonymous with just uh, you couldn't get in. They booked out once in nine minutes a month ahead. And now, uh, so it's a vegan menu. Um, and it was last year, uh, it priced at 335 US dollars for, for no meat. For vegetables. For vegetables. Now, I have no problem with vegan dining. I think it is the way forward, plant-based. I'm into it. But there was something missing. And I think it's an interesting point, as you brought up, that diners, what do we want? What do we really want when we dine out? Is it a vegan menu? Is it priced right? Even at the top levels, are they offering something that we would, as a diner, be interested in? I mean, I saw some of the presentation and obviously it looked very good. I I remember there was a great vegan restaurant back in the day here um, in the Madinat Jumeirah and it was beautiful. But there was this thing inside of me going... I'm paying a lot of money for some vegetables just because they look fancy. And it's just that mentality that we have. And I think there's a bit of a hypocritical nature here because at the same time they were offering the vegan menu, there was a secret meat room What with a menu that was fully meat, including foie gras and uh, a... Uh, <laughs> 
endangered species of fish. So you can't have it both ways. I think you have to fully commit. You can't have a secret dining room where you're offering meat and then everyone else is paying this much for a vegan menu. So Daniel Hume is the man behind it. And I did see a quote. He said, you know, the food system requires less meat consumption to be sustainable long term. And if it means he loses the restaurant, so be it. But why not take a chance? But it's not doing well. Do you think he'll lose it at this rate? Because he's a lot of bad press. It is. And if you if you go into this article and it is uh, it's a Business Insider article, I'm going to link to it in my newsletter this week. Yeah. Um, so if, if people want to do a deep dive, it's if you if you look at who was interviewed, which is a lot of the staff, they don't fully think that it was the vegan menu. They think perhaps it was a change in management, a change in talent. So oh. I don't think it's a total fail. And actually, I, I applaud these top restaurants that are at the top of their game that are taking the risks because no one else can do that. But maybe we unpack why or what it is or have a choice that diners could have a vegan or um, a non, you know, or a protein forward menu. Maybe it would work better if you just kind of reduce a little bit the price of the vegan, you know, I mean, $335. Yeah. And there was a lot of wastage, even with that menu, when you go into it, that if the vegetables weren't perfect, if it wasn't, you know, exactly how it's supposed to be at this sort of level, that they would just throw out heaps. And that's exactly what we don't want to see. We don't want food wastage, even if it is vegetables. Um, You know, there is still a carbon footprint of growing those vegetables and getting them yeah, to the restaurant. Exactly. Okay, I'm not going to even, even though I know a bit of French, I'm not even going to pronounce it because <laughs> I was about to say it and she said it off and, off air and I was like, that's totally different than what I had in my head. There's a gala that took place. Yes. What was the name of the gala? So French speakers, please, you know, cover your ears. I'm going to try my best. I I think it's Guy and Mio. You see, or, that's great. I was going Gort and Milo. Okay. I'm okay. going to go G&M and we'll, we'll make it yeah. uh, 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 somewhere in the, in the middle here. Held at the um, Burj Al Arab, which I'm looking at straight ahead. Were you at it? <laughs> I was not. Um, tickets were a little out of my price league, but I did follow actively on social media. Right. Um, a lot of people that that I love and support, um, and and they had sustainable categories, which I think is excellent. That even in our these kind of prestigious dining uh, awards and categories, that we are looking into mm. who is doing it sustainably. One of my favorite restaurants, one sustainable kitchen, Boca. Shout out to oh, them. Oh yes, yes, I went there. Yes, yes, and Omar. Um, um, is the sustainability champion yeah. at 2022 inaugural? Um, so I, it's just to see that people who are working hard, maybe not on a vegan menu, but really unpacking, you know, how do we get our food? How can we cut um, the carbon imprint? Um, and then have the award recognize it. Um, some other awards: homegrown restaurant to Tresson Studio, um, future great. I loved seeing this, uh, Chef Solomon, who's at Moonrise XYZ. I've never heard? heard of that. What's that? It's such a fun one. It's what? at Eden House on Sheikh Zayed Road. Yeah. Um, it's like a like a funky omakase kind of style and approach. So it's nine, eight or nine seats and you'll have multi-courses. What cuisine is it? It's like Asian Middle Eastern mix. It's, it's very, I, I'm not trying to like use industry terms, but very chef forward. So Chef Solomon and Miss Ba, who is uh, also at the front of the house, they're just telling a story. They're, th- they're proper third culture, like grew up here. And I think that all they've inherited all these different flavors yeah. and how they're plating and what they're doing and what they're choosing. It's, it's definitely one to go check out. And it has eight or nine seats. Yes. That's intimate. I like that. Yeah, I, I do too. Chef of the Year uh, went to Gregoire, Chef Gregoire at Oceano. Oh, yes. yes. And Restaurant of the Year also went to Oceano. Wow. So I got to see a lot of just, I'm just so proud. It's a proud week. And we're looking ahead, of course, to Michelin uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we are are going to have the man on the show next Friday himself. Um, they're going to make an announcement. But hang on a minute. Before we go to Michelin, mm-hmm. let's go back to G&M. Yes. I'm not going to even pronounce it the right way. 
Who who rates these restaurants? Do they have their own team? Do they have secret food inspectors or is it just normal food bloggers? I think it is a team. And, and I like this. And uh, the Michelin Guide is the same in that uh, you have to keep it consistent. So if an award exists in France or Italy or the UK or Australia, if you bring it here, mm. that point system has to work the same way. So they have instead of plates or hats or stars, yeah. they have the chef toque, which is that tall white hat. Yeah. So you can be awarded one two or three yeah. um we actually up to four and we had a number of two and three toke um uh, awards given which is a big honor how long has the gnm award been taking place i um, wish i knew i'm gonna have to you I've, you've caught me out I've i don't never know heard of it which is astonishing i'm like what is this and i had to do some research but it does exist all over the world it's it's interesting. I need to do some more research. Okay, um, let's talk about Michelin. They have, they're going to be making an announcement. What is it they're actually going to be telling everybody? So we are going to have the the stars. We're, we're, they're coming here. Um, the Dubai or city of Dubai has franchised that. It's uh, something that a city or state or country can pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the um, adjudicators or the diners, the secret diners will come in and they will give awards based on, uh, it's a very strict kind of standard. You can go and look at one, two, and three all mean. Um, and it's just another thing to be proud about. So I'm super, I will be there on Tuesday. You can follow me on social media. I will be the live update kind of. So are yeah. they going to be the first people, restaurants, whatever, to be um, awarded? It, yes. Oh. And so I imagine that the digital guidebook will go immediately live yeah. after that. And then in my mind, not only we can celebrate it here, but international diners will now have that category to go, oh, I, I'm a gourmand. I enjoy dining around the world. Now I can look at Dubai and see who's listed and maybe make, you know, matches or travel just for our gastronomy. Have you been to, uh, have you got any guesses in your head what you think might be chosen? I want, um, I definitely, I've mentioned them already, but uh, Tresson Studio and Oceano. So Chef Gregoire and Chef Himanchu are my, my two favorites okay. for sure. Let's see if your dream comes true I think it will. Week. The talent is there. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Now, I just had some dessert and I can tell you there was no fish in it. And I know that sounds odd because Courtney's found a little story about how people having seafood for dessert. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. So there really is a mental hurdle over seafood or well, not it, it is just seafood we would have a savory dessert like that's possible yeah but seafood there's something mentally so that's what it, the title was already like i have to look at this one of the top res, like uh, recipes they were mentioning was a crab eclair mm, okay would you do it now, so here's the thing right when you said it i was like what and then i looked at the picture and it actually looked really good so we think crab is naturally quite sweet yeah. it's just not like dessert sweet, yeah. but if you mix in a little lemon with that and then the eclair, and so even the chef in the article said, yeah, people eye this thing, and then when it's put in front of them and they take a bite, they're like, yeah, I could keep going with it's, it. Exactly. I yeah. think it's one of those things, if you don't tell anybody, let them just taste it because we have this preconceived idea of what should go with what. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do this, but a fish ice cream? No, I wouldn't no. do that. Not even as like a palate cleansers. I, I bet you there's somewhere in the world someone sprinkled caviar on some ice cream though. A good say, uh, transition. Oh really? So, so <laughs> and actually I had, let's, again, my life is, is unique and different. There's a restaurant in town that highlights caviar and it's called 12 Chairs. It's at SLS and they do have a number of um, caviar inspired desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a baba that 
had like caviar on top and you it was so well done this is mm-hmm. chef claudio um that the team you have this sweet you have this really kind of pop of of salt and savory yeah so I, it's like don't knock it till you try it actually so i we want some restaurant recommendations from you now maud has just said um corny what was the moonlight restaurant it was moonrise. moonrise so it's if you want to follow them they're at moonrise all one word dot x y z or z for the non-american speakers yeah and, and i said to courtney i said courtney um, have you been to this restaurant have you been to the restaurant she goes no i said what do you mean why not she goes i'm a snob i like going to the fancy places i was like okay it's my genre that's my brand i'll i'll stick to it at the same time um i was i was interviewed recently um for some michelin recommendations and it was an esteemed publication and i'm happy to say that high joint and pickle still figure prominently in my takeaway <laughs> deliveries <laughs> well have you been to this new restaurant because they're on the show after you bel canto i have not but i will be uh since michelin is uh the announcement is taking place at dubai opera mm-hmm. uh, maybe oh. i'll kind of sneak in after because it's uh upstairs i think yes yeah. it is upstairs so mm-hmm. i'm going to be finding out it's brand new right has it just come out it is and we've got a few i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna list a few restaurants that are kind of newish or then i haven't been able even me i haven't been able to get to yet okay um there's one uh, from singapore called hidemasa um which i think is going to be in difc uh kind of uh, it's a very very well-known chef is actually in town right now uh, from Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Asian vibes, I think omakase uh, fish, if you're into that. Um, there's table spelled <laughs> yes. T-E-I-B-L-E. Yes. And I've been dying to Me go. Too. We should go. Let's yeah, go. We had them on ages ago and um, they said come over and I haven't had a chance to go because it's down the other end. Yes. I'm, I think I'm going to make a weekend date and it is, it's on me like slap my wrist. I haven't been and I need to go. Okay. Be, we're going to carry on with your list, but we're getting some texts in. Thank you so much for your recommendations. We've had a text, no name, saying Byron Bathers opening on Monday. Yes. Oh, we've got a news blogger here. I mean, a food blogger. Who are you? Put your name down. And... Eva Beach House in West Palm has got great food. Okay. So it sounds like there's some stuff, stuff happening on the Palm, which I'm into. Yes. Um, there's another one over at DIFC Alpha 10 Currency House, La Rio. La, La Rouge, Rouge. I have that to say, epically butchered just then. I mean, I have LVR. To. We'll go with. We're just going to go with initials for French today. The, the ones. I mean, I'm going to say it, the ones at DIFC. Okay, they're. Very highly priced. Only Courtney goes there. I just get invited on the odd occasion by PR people. But most of them are just amazing. Yeah. They just are. I can't, you can't knock them. And we have, we just, the talent that we have here is, is, is great. And again, I, I see this as a special date night and anniversary that there, there is excellent fast casual as well that, mm. you know, you could just go explore JLT and just, there's yeah. plenty going on there and you could save money. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, it's been in the news, this new collaboration, um, with Ravi and, um, a footwear brand. Yes. Um, so I, I think it took, Dubai by storm when it was announced. Yeah. Uh, everyone's been asking when can you get them? Where can you get them? So the official drop of the Ravi's Adidas uh, collaboration will take place on June 23rd and the pairs go for 549 dirhams. So was it just in honor of them? I know they've been here since 1978 and I love the, this, the series is called 
Adelicious, which I think is amazing. Is it just to show a little bit of gratefulness and thank you because you're part of Dubai's history? It's, it has actually, the brand has picked 11 cities around the world and yeah. chosen community developed or community important to the community restaurant. Yeah. And I think it's an honor. And I think it's a very good choice that Ravi's was selected. Um, it's that iconic green that we all know. Yeah. The 1978 is on the back. I know it will sell out immediately. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have got a pair. No, they're, they're actually very simple, but very, I mean, uh, they're nice. They're, they're really nice. They're kind of like that Sam Smith yeah. or Stan Smith. Yeah, totally. And also, um, Courtney, you do have a bit of competition. Omar's the one who's been sending all these suggestions. He <laughs> follows the food scene religiously, and he's even mentioned Hidimasa and La Viole. Okay. So we'll have to get him one and you one at the same time. Omar, thank you so much. And Courtney... Let's, let, let's go and check out table next time. Let's do. All right. It's a date. Thanks for coming. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. So back home when I grew up in the UK, everyone just drinks straight from the tap. And to be honest, when I came to Dubai, I did find it really odd having to always buy water in a bottle. It's not something I grew up with. Um, obviously, I've got used to it now. But a company called Bee Water, and that's B-E-W-T-R, is helping us move one step closer to using the local water here in the UAE. And the brand manager, Linda Brunlechen, is with us now on the phone. Hello, Linda. Hello, how are you? I'm very good. Now, explain to everybody um, <laughs> what exactly is bee water? Um, well, it's a three-step ultra-filtration system, first yeah. of all, and it's a water brand. Um, but to talk about the local water that you just mentioned, what we do, mm. because Diva is actually already doing a great job. They're adding minerals to the local tap water here. Yeah. So what we do, we have a three-step filtration system where we are able to withhold and eliminate unwatered particles, such as microplastics, pesticides, other bacteria, but still we, we retain all the natural minerals. So let me ask you a question. What is the difference between this and, say, you know, those filter jugs that you get and the things you can attach to your taps? What is different? Well, the things you attach to the tap is something called, it's, it becomes very technical, but it's, most of them is reverse osmosis, where they, do, they make sure it's safe to drink the water, but there is no minerals left. Ah, so, so how do we keep the minerals? Yes. So let's say in bee water, how do we keep the minerals yes. or do you add the minerals? So no, we do not because Diva is already adding the minerals okay. to the local tap water okay. here. Because we have our ultra filtration system, it's a three step. Then we are actually able to, we let, let, let me put it this, we let the, the bad things passes and we retain the good. Mm. So instead of just killing all of it, and give you a flat water without anything in, we make sure it still has all the natural minerals. You know, I once um, had some fresh water, which was falling from a mountain, like a little, it was not a fountain, but it, w it was drizzling down a, um, a mountain in in the Seychelles. And the tour guide what? said, you can actually drink it. So I put my bottle underneath and it <laughs> went in, it was crystal clear and there was nothing in there. And it was going through the trees and the soil and I drank it and it was amazing. D would some water, would a water like that generally have its own natural minerals in it? Yes, of course. Ah. They also have its natural, but 
why it's so amazing is also because it has to it comes straight out of the earth yes of Mother earth. I, th- I think it i need to, to live water. i need to live it under that hill i think and i'll be really healthy <laughs> with a big bottle yes. of water <laughs> i think so but again then we can go even more technical yeah uh, we have so many innovations coming up as well where we are actually are working with the movement and the air by recreating Mother Earth, natural vortex. But that's a different talk for a different time. That sounds quite a deep conversation. What are a lot of us lacking in the water that we're drinking? I mean, I know what everybody really should be trying to avoid plastic water bottles because of the microplastics. We, we all know this. But what are some of the things that should be in water but we're not getting in them? Well, Actually, you are getting it when you when you buy from a and drink from a plastic bottle. You are getting, you can see it on the label. You are getting your your minerals and etc. You have all your sodium and your calcium. It's but it still has the microplastics. That's the problem. I, I that met is the problem. yeah, and I met somebody one day. Uh, he was part of the blue economy, and mm-hmm. he he said to me, "Really, you're just kind of drinking plastic soup." in many ways and that really scared me and I just started looking at bottled water it really freaked me out actually when he said it like that and with the heat in in the UAE in Dubai where we live Mm. because of the the massive heat it actually has even more microplastics I know because a lot of the water bottles uh, bottles during delivery or storage before they go to fridge or room temperature yeah they, they are exposed to extreme heat and sunlight. Yeah. So, uh, and w- your bottles are obviously glass and they're reusable. Yes, they are reusable. It's glass. We are sustainable. So, yeah, they are uh, very sleek. They look like a glass. It's, it's an amazing design. So is there a bottling plant here? Yeah. So we are actually installing our first bottling plant in the region. It's called Be Big. Mm. Um, where we will produce up to 1,500 bottles of still and sparkling water per hour. Right. And from this one facility we are installing in a couple of months, we can do 8 million bottles in a year. Whoa. So, so who, yeah, who, where, where, can we, where can we find these bottles? Are they being distributed to everyone and ev- everywhere or is it just certain businesses right now? Um, at the mo- we just had our official launch last week actually. Um, we partnered up with Goimil yeah. uh, for their launch event in the Bush El Arab, which was amazing, beautiful evening. Mm-hmm. And then we also had our official press event at the W Minasiahi mm-hmm. because we are installing our first bottling plant in the Minasiahi complex. Okay, interesting. Besides, besides that, you will see our taps in many five-star hotels, fine dining, and hopefully offices as well as we go along. So when can we, the average consumer, uh, taste this? Well, you can go to one of the restaurants or the hotels. And, and taste it. Have, yes. <laughs> you know, when at you... At the moment right now, it's uh, already installed in W, Minas Okay. Now, when you so do... there you can taste it. W- how would you describe the water? Let, let, obviously, it's local water. You've used it yes. um, and you've processed it. How would you describe the taste and how would you describe the texture, if you can, when it comes to water? Because I'm not an expert. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not a water sommelier either, even though there is actually water sommeliers out there. They do exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what I will say, it's way more soft, more silky 
and it's easier to drink. Hmm. So we, are, we, we will not say that our water is more hydrating than other water, but because it's easier to drink and our taps is so user-friendly and you have the on-demand chill still and sparkling, it's at your fingertips, so it's easier to reach to those two, three liters of water a day. That is, that's advice, that's recommended. So tell me how this is going to impact the environment and the sustainability and why this is actually happening. Um, how it will impact? Well, for us, first of all, um, we, have our, we have daily goals every day, our ongoing. Um, we are part of our 1% for the planet. Um, where we in Switzerland, in the Nordic countries, we are helping a lot of local water-related projects and initiatives. We will be doing the same here in, in the UAE. We are already having some ongoing conversations with some interesting um, initiatives. But from uh, a bigger, our, our bigger goal, our bigger aim is that we are expecting to be able to reduce the carbon footprint mm. with the help from our clients mm. by 2026 with 120,000 tons of CO2. Okay. And just to put that in perspective, that it actually equals 120,000 uh, round trips, uh, return flights from wow. UAE to, wow. Europe, to Europe. That's a great yeah. description. It, that, that's made more sense in my head. Little, yeah, that's not little. That's, that's quite a lot of flights. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I by, need, by 2026. I, I need to come and taste this water soon. I'll, I will yes, contact you, Linda. We'll have, have a, we'll have a test taste for it. <laughs> 100% we'll do it. <laughs> okay, Linda. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Well, we do eat well here because I'm right now in the studio with a Miss Wonder with Nada. And she seriously gets around town more than most people I know. Uh, hello, Nada. How hello. are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Now, I've missed you because let's tell everyone a little story. I think it was two or three weeks ago. And I said, Nada, can you please come on the show tomorrow? And the next thing I get is a picture of her lying in a hospital bed, <laughs> which looked like an oxygen mask on her. And I'm freaking out going, what is going on? Yes, I love to be dramatic. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. So Indian Arabic style. So tell me what happened. Well, I had uh, very simply gotten food poisoned. Uh, I don't know what it was that I had eaten, but mm. um, all I knew was that I was just not able to just, you know, keep everything in. Uh, and I just, I was rushed to the hospital. I didn't want to just like sit and wait it out and wait until I yeah. felt better. So yeah. I just wanted to go immediately to get looked at. <laughs> and thank goodness for that, because and I spent the whole, I think, week and a half later just, you know, recovering. Um, did you lose weight? I just would like to think so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trying to think of the benefits for you to yes. make you feel better. Um, well, it was funny though because she sent me that picture. I'm like, what? What is going on? And then she goes, I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to this time. Okay, so also on your uh, social media post, which is Wonder with Nada, if you want to check her out. Um, I saw um, you went to the new library and it's interesting because I really wanted to talk about this because about two weeks ago I put on my. Uh, Instagram. I miss hanging out 
in libraries. It's different going, you know, reading a book in a cafe. There's a lot of noise, but there's something beautiful about being in libraries and surrounded by books. And I always like to big up my city, Birmingham, and it just happens to fit in very well here. But Birmingham um, has the biggest library in Europe and it's beautiful but I used to go to the old one before the new one was built on top of it Um, and I loved it so tell me about this you've been to it yes I have just been so yeah I'm also um, I'm I'm a bookworm right so a book for me is like a sanctuary a travel companion it's just an escape and I've also been like longing for a library experience here uh, in the UAE for some time I mean we do have some that already have been around and open for a while Uh, Like the old library that's in the Gold and Diamond Park. Uh, There's also the Dubai Public Library. And of course, my favorite, uh, Sharjah's House of Wisdom. Yes. Um, But finally, 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 the Mohammed bin Rashid Library is open as of yesterday, officially open to the public, Mm -hmm. June 16th. Um, And it's basically a place where you can go to read almost exclusively. Uh, so this is located just over at the Al Jaddaf, which mm. is close to the Festival City Mall. Yeah. Um, and if you live or have maybe visited uh, that area over the last few years, you've probably seen it under construction uh, because it is a very, very different kind of uh, kind of architecture. Yeah. Uh, it is actually designed to look like an open book that's sitting on a wooden book rest. Oh, I see. I was trying to figure that out when I saw it on your post. Yep, yeah, so that's exactly, that's a design. Uh, and I wanted to go visit it on its first day, um, and was really amazed to actually see how much bigger it is in reality, mm-hmm. you know, once you're actually close, yeah. um, you know, compared to what it looks like from afar. Yeah. Uh, cause I've only seen it from the Dubai Festival City Mall. Uh, so when I entered, I actually headed straight to the information desk, um, and there I actually had to register my visit. So for those of you planning to visit, you do have to do that in advance. I wasn't able to do it online in advance but while there they gave me a qr code and just entered my details um and then from there i walked around right floor to floor how many floors are we talking about so they have seven floors in total so pretty big do you know i don't understand when i was a kid and i used to have to go to the library i never got excited about libraries (laughs) and now i just love libraries yeah it's always the things that we used to or were kind of forced, forced to go to exactly yeah. that become way more uh, appealing to us, I guess, at a later age. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, so we're talking seven floors and uh, nine mini libraries. So they've basically created this kind of mini library concept where they've got special, you know, specific topics covered in those mini libraries. So, for example, they've got one dedicated to maps and atlases, mm-hmm. another one for media and art and another for business. Right. Uh, they also have this wonderful children's library with plenty of books and games to keep them occupied and that's for children who are over five years so unfortunately those who are younger would not be able to visit do you have a library card that's what we used to have back in the day you're just the qr card well for this particular one no not yet i don't think they've issued that yet because they're just new i Uh, I remember my library card and and is it going to work the same way where you know if you want to take a book out for a week or two or three or whatever like that exactly so you're going to have to sign up for some sort of membership package and according to the one that you have you might be able to get it for longer than others yeah uh, but for now free to enter you mm. can read the books on site but still cannot take them out oh. so until they basically announce that we can just kind of go and visit the space which is wonderful what are the hours that it's open 
So it is open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. on Mondays to Saturdays, mm-hmm. uh, 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Fridays, and closed on Sundays. All right. So when when I go to a library, I, I like the the idea there are different spaces. Like if people want to work on the computer, there's different spaces. If you want to sit on sofas, and is there areas where you can sit, read, take the books? Is it quiet? Is there any music? Is it silent? I want to know everything. Very very silent. So okay. many many uh, reading desks. They've got couches, chairs, and study rooms that mm. you can you know rent out. At no cost, but you can basically book those rooms in case you want to meet up with other classmates, colleagues, and so on. Yeah. So they've definitely got that covered, and it is a very quiet space. I mean, I walked around, and although there were quite a good number of people, I felt like I was the only one there. What about you're saying it's quiet? Now, we didn't have Wi-Fi back in the day, so libraries were quiet. We didn't even have mobile phones. Our parents didn't know any, anywhere where we were. We said we're at the library, but maybe we weren't. <laughs> they will never know. Now, I mean, do they say you have to keep your phones on silent? Uh, I didn't see any signs, but I think that's the etiquette that's expected. Yes. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, the I would say we're very uh, helpful with just kind of guiding people around, telling them where they would go. Uh, I think the... This is kind of for them also new. So until the museum's op- or the I call it the museum, but yeah. the um, uh, library library is open for some time, uh, I think it'll probably be a while until we start seeing you know the way it would work. Yeah. Right. Um, they do have a really cool though a couple of things. So an automated storage and electronic book retrieval system. So apparently all you need to do is enter the name of the book that you want, and about ten minutes later it shows up. <laughs> As in the physical book. The physical book. So it sends sort of an alarm to some sort of storage room to a virtual librarian, <laughs> and someone will then put that book in some kind of machine that gets it down to you. Poor librarians. There's no jobs for them now either. <laughs> and I did. I also did see a robot uh, who what? I was told will respond to people's questions. Okay. Um, they had an amphitheater as well, so I think they're going to be using that for different talks, lectures, and the we- when the weather is also uh, quite nice again, they're probably going to be hosting a number of events also outside in the area surrounding it. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's a great area, actually. I need to go and spend more time down there and even the design district in that area. There's so much going on in different restaurants and museums. Anyway, I've got more from Nada after I have a little bit of a snack because she's made me... Well, we've been talking about food and I'm actually hungry now. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Well, I have one of my favorite guests here, Nada. Wonder with Nada. Check her out on social media. She literally knows everything about the UAE. She's been wandering around. We just had a chat about the library, which I'm really fascinated about, the new one. And now you're going to talk about a couple of other places. Well, let's start with Mayacom on Al Wassel. Um, I actually went there. Um, what is it you want to mention about it? Is it a place that you hang out at? So, yeah. So, actually, one of the many things that I miss about the expo was going over to the Australian pavilion ah. uh, right before I would come over to Dubai yeah. and just grabbing my cup of coffee right from the pavilion. Oh, you mentioned the Australian pavilion <laughs> that's brought memories of the pie. Oh my oh. goodness, I'm missing that now. Just the whole area. There were so many yeah. things and you know that was literally what I did just before coming to the studio um, and I found the perfect alternative which is at Mayukum. Mm. Um, so this is a place that's over at the Dar al Wasl Mall uh, and it's named after a small town in Australia where its co-founders apparently met. Um, so you know how New York, for example, has got like pizza as their thing. Yeah. Uh, Paris has got its baguettes. Uh-huh. Well, apparently for Australia, it is 
the cafes or the the coffee cafes, right? Right. Um, so there's a whole cafe culture, and you know, it's not just the great coffee that they serve, uh, but they also have incredible food too, and it's all under the same roof. Um, so they're brekkie, and apparently that's breakfast in Australia. Yeah, we, we kind of say <laughs> that. Too. I don't know if we got it from neighbors because we grew up with neighbors, which is an Australian show. Okay, some brekkie, brekkie, yep. yep. Uh, and their avo uh, is oh, avo. Uh, <laughs> yes, Noni Edwards says that. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it's cool because it's served late. So. So uh, until 4 p.m. Uh, and it's also just a great place to catch up with friends or even work remotely from. So I would so, definitely recommend a visit. Yeah. So for me, like sometimes just to get out of the house, I do like to go and sit in a nice cafe and, and work. It just changes up the energy. And also because it's getting hot now, I, I prefer sitting outside, but you can't do that as much. Um, and I did come across my com and I'm big when I'm working on the computer. I'm really particular what kind of music there is, the ambience and every I couldn't. I couldn't knock that one. The music was just at the right tempo. Mm-hmm. It was like in the background. They had books there. The food was really good. It, it, it was actually, I, I did give it like nine out of 10 for sure. Yeah, no, fantastic. And I think like also um, the vibe was actually really nice, but also quiet. I didn't yes. feel like it was a place that was super yes. busy. So like rushed, yeah. you know, you could actually sit down, enjoy your time and then maybe, you know, get some work done. Yeah. Uh, so definitely would recommend a visit and, you know, just either solo or with friends. Okay. Let's talk about food halls. This is a bit of a growing craze. Has this started... I remember hearing about them more at Expo. Is that where the kind of the idea came from? The food hall? Mm. I would say it probably precedes Expo uh, because I do think it was open before. And the one I'm talking about is Streetery Food Hall. Okay. Uh, So that's over in JLT. So it is a homegrown Southeast Asian food hall. And what they offer is what they call the best of comfort, Thai... Chinese, Malaysian, Indonesian, and Korean street food. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) awesome. Exactly. So all under one roof. Uh, And this is what I would call also the food court's up-and-coming alternative. Yeah. So it is not fast food chains. We're talking about places that serve great food, but they're not fine dining restaurants either, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So they have three artisan restaurants under one roof. One is called Fat Aunts. Fat Aunts. Fat Aunts, yeah. I think that's what my niece is going to call me. (laughs) Well, apparently Fat fat aunts are always you know very considerate about the amount of food you know you're eating uh so they're always worried are you eating too little so that they can refill your plate for me that's my grandmother okay uh another is hing ki and they've got another called zen restaurant so kind of like a one-stop paradise for lovers of asian have you tried the food that i have absolutely which which one stood out for you like what was your favorite dish i enjoyed the black pepper uh, stir fry Okay. I thought that was phenomenal, uh, as was the chicken wontons yeah. and the sticky rice mango for dessert. Okay, awesome. Yep. And uh, what about oriental gastronomy? I'm going to take a stab. Is this Chinese? It is. Okay. <laughs> so it, it is a Chinese restaurant uh, that's got two branches. So they've got one that is more casual, and that's in Business Bay, and a fine dining option over um, at the Greens. So you actually walk in. Hang on a minute. Did you say the Greens? Yep. That's where I live. Where is this place? Oriental oh, gastronomy. Uh, Onyx Tower. Yeah, they haven't. What? Yes, they have so much in that tower. I really need to go and do some research. Oh, absolutely. How close are you? I'm like a five minute walk. Oh, oh okay. So walking distance. You definitely yeah. should go check this out. Okay. Um, the vibe is actually very homey and humble. Nothing pretentious at all. Uh, you walk in. You pass behind this curtain. And then you kind of feel teleported to China. Uh, Really, really impressive. We went there to actually celebrate a friend's birthday. So they actually have these private rooms that you can book for a more intimate uh, gathering.
wearing. And they go all out with the decor. So yeah. they've got balloons and, you know, just happy birthday signs. And this is completely their work, right? Like I <laughs> thought that we had asked them for it, but no, this was apparently their kindness. Seems fun. Yeah. And the menu is ginormous. I was actually the first to arrive. You see, that, that's what I find it hard when there's a ginormous menu. When you have too much choice in life, I just can't decide. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like you. And so I was thankful that I had actually arrived early enough that I had to go through it. All. <laughs> so I it. had exactly additional time. But the cool thing is the food is served on more of a sharing basis. So okay. what you can do is you can actually pick a few things from the menu and yeah. then just get to try a number. Um, so that way you get to experience, like figure out what you like, what you don't like. Was it tasty? Very. And they've got like these rotating tables. So all you do is as you're sitting down, just move the table along to yeah. whatever dish you're looking forward yeah. to eating. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought it was a great find. I had not heard about it before. Me neither. Um, yeah. So would definitely recommend it. It's in my neighborhood. Next time you're there, tell me we'll go together. Mm. Uh, let's talk about a three by Eva. I've never heard of this. My niece, I have a niece called Eva, so I'm hoping it's going to be good. But I did check it out online is it's in a villa is it that- is yes mm. so it is a beautiful villa in Jumeirah which has actually been turned into a bakery on the lower floor oh. and a restaurant on the top um, the villa I mean is just really beautiful surrounded by this uh, gorgeous green terrace as well so for people that I think just want something very um uh, quality, like high end quality, and just also a homey feel. They just serve some of the greatest dishes that are from the Middle East. So it's it's great Arabic cuisine. Oh, so it's Arabic cuisine, absolutely. Because it's the I was reading, isn't it? A lady that runs it or yep. owns it. So it's a lady and her two daughters. So she herself is actually a chef, and I believe has been on you know several shows. Okay. Um, and the two daughters have kind of followed her footsteps. Mm. Uh, so they work as a team, and I I would say that's probably the the secret behind the name yeah. Three by Eva. Uh, and she was actually there also at the restaurant and was just kind of greeting everyone like she knew them Um, to the point where I actually thought like oh have we met before (laughs) you know just a really nice homey welcoming feeling that's good Um, and the view while sitting upstairs on the top floor was the Burj Khalifa and I just thought that was just gorgeous wow Um, so it's positioned well very well positioned and what did you what did you order so I ordered two things. Uh, one was a cauliflower type of dish, uh, cauliflower served with tahini. Yeah. Uh, really, really different kinds of ingredients, but they worked so well together. So yeah. that's, I think, the only way I'm going to have my cauliflower going <laughs> forward. Uh, and then another dish, which was basically um, called uh, fetid uh, chicken, basically, in okay. Arabic. So it's it's a kind of a, a rice dish with a little bit of a kind of yogurt with chicken also um, as, as the protein. Okay. So, where are you eating out this weekend? Just so I know where you'll be in <laughs> case weekend. I want to join in. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I eat out very often throughout the week that I actually look forward to eating at home do sometimes. Cook? I do, yes. Yeah, uh, I get it. I can only eat out two or three times a week and I'm like, no, I want homemade I want food. exactly home-cooked food. Yeah. Just like simple stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, it's and called I, old age when we want simple food. Do you know that? Because it's, it's about digestion. <laughs> yes. What about you? Where are you going to eat this weekend? Where am I going? Um, I don't have any plans. I'll probably just go with the flow and see what happens. But I love finding just new places all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just want to see what's out there. Yeah, so a place I was actually taken to just a couple of days ago. It was a birthday surprise. Uh, It was a place over in Jumeirah. um, I I believe 11 Woodfire. Yes, Helen's been there. Oh. She likes it a lot. 
Yes. Yeah, it was a very, very nice surprise because I actually hadn't driven on that road for some time yeah. and was just surprised that it had popped up. There yeah. was like another restaurant there before. Yeah. Uh, but I went in and uh-huh. it was just so nice and it was dark. Yeah. Um, it felt like you were kind of going into kind of like a secret place uh, with, with kind of a lot of people. There was a lot of buzz, yeah. but everyone kind of had their own table, their own space. Uh, and the food was really, really interesting. It was mostly, I would say, seafood mm. um, and uh, meats. Mm. Um, and I think uh, a few things that they had that were vegetarian, really, really delicious stuff. Yeah, I don't want to try that. It looks really, really good. And Helen really did like it as well. Okay, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. Um, we can have a nice natto. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Now, if like Courtney Brandt, you like your fine dining, uh, well, we've got something with a bit of extra elegance thrown in. Then imagine dining here. Now, long velvet burgundy curtains, very tall, chandeliers from the ceiling, live musicians, operatic singers playing in the background while you eat some exquisite Italian cuisine. And no, I haven't even been there. Google helped me out with this one. I'm talking about the new restaurant called Belcanto at the Dubai Opera. And with me now is Jamila Gonsalves. Uh, she's the general manager of Belcanto. And Pauline Mishina, the brand director of Restart 354, which is the group behind uh, Belcanto. Hello, how are you both? Hello, hi, hi all good. <laughs> we got you in sync there. Okay, let's let's start with <laughs> let's start with Pauline first. Pauline, let, let me ask you. Um, I saw all the pictures online. Very, very exquisite. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind of romantic. Tell me about the whole design. Was there? Was that the goal? Because it was at the opera. Yeah, it was the goal. Uh, so the, basically, our group restart three five four. Uh, des- uh, decided to open the restaurant in Dubai. And uh, the first restaurant we wanted to open, it should be something very exquisite, very exclusive, something very special. Mm. So that's how Dubai Opera came to mind. And uh, we knew it would be it could be a very nice place to open our first restaurant in Dubai and UAE market. So now, now it's I... our first baby. It is your first... Oh, you've got many more babies to deliver then. <laughs> we are, we are. We are going to do a lot. That's yeah, great. This is our first but will they all be kind of similar in this kind of elegant... At sophistication fine dining or will they be different styles uh, uh, sorry can you just repeat I just didn't hear the question so with the other other ideas that you have that you want to start you know adding new restaurants into into Dubai will they be very similar in style and elegance as uh, Belcanto um, no, we have different projects because the owner of the company he has a vision to open different kind of, you know, not to put all eggs in one basket. Yes. So we are trying to cover all target audiences that we have. And uh, of course, Bilkanto is just the first one. So it's like grand and very beautiful. But others we are going to open for all audiences we have in Dubai. So this is just the beginning. So when I was seeing the pictures, I know no expense has been, you know, left <laughs> unturned. It's got wooden I've seen the wooden, um, there was a, no, a wooden wall or something and it, it felt very warm. There was a, a kind of Moulin Rouge kind of feel to it with the colours. Where were your chandeliers from? Because this is, Itali- this is kind of based around Italy, the food and everything. The chandeliers aren't from a place called Murano, are they? Uh, 
But you know <laughs> why I'm saying that because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell the secrets of this because lamps coming from but, yeah uh, the, yeah they are inspired by Melanie y- yeah no no they they look very very good now Jamila how are you doing. I'm great, thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now tell me, how long have you been open? Well, we are open officially for around a week now. No, but when did you open? Oh, for a week, just a week. Yes. Oh, wow, exactly. you really are a little baby in Dubai, aren't you? Oh, my goodness. So, what, so I've seen the pictures. The food looks amazing. It's all kind of Italian cuisine. Explain some of the special dishes you have on that menu that, you know, we probably wouldn't find anywhere else or just catered for Belcanto. You see, our chefs are Italian. They barely speak English. So, they so the food's going to be good. <laughs> of, exactly. They use a lot of elements of their culture. Yeah. But also, it, it's all about love, about the family recipes, about what they like, about seafood, about original elements, recipes, and dishes coming from Italy. So we have a bit of seafood. We have veal, which is largely used in the Italian cuisine, and we have our homemade pastas. Every ingredient brought from Italy, including the flour, it's exquisite, it's amazing. And do you get any of the ingredients specifically from Italy, because that's what the chefs just like? We do. We get a lot of ingredients. We get the burrata, we get cheeses, we get all the flour from Italy, we get seafood. So he tries as much as possible to get to source all the ingredients from Italy, from Europe, Mm. and as much as we can from good sources, respecting the environment, hand-picked scallops, very unique. Okay. So who are the chefs behind Belcanto? So our brand chef is Giacomo Lombardi. Mm. He is a renowned Italian chef. Um, He's bringing an interesting combination of traditional Italian cuisine and innovative serving techniques to Belcanto. So he has a lot of experience. He's trying to combine the old and the new, yeah. but keeping the tradition of Italian cuisine. Okay. And Pauline, I did see actually as well online that there was an opera singer. There's a piano on the stage when you're dining. Yeah. Tell me about the music. Is it all kind of operatic to meet with the location? Um, basically, you know, we are trying to tell our guests that we are not, we are not promoting entertainment. We are mm. just telling that we have the dining experience Uh, to come you know Mm. we are trying to create the destination dining so yes we have a live music Italian band all uh, guys are from Italy Mm. we have uh, we have uh, opera singers also uh, sometimes uh, presenting but the thing is that we are trying to make it overall the dining experience for our guests it's not like we have the time you know for entertainment it's seven eight or nine it's like it's ongoing, you know. Sometimes it's something is happening. It's unexpected. So is this a restaurant which is purely based for um, theatre goers? So there's fixed times before the plays, that kind of thing, and after after the operas? No, that's the thing. We were trying to create the restaurant that is uh, destination dining itself, yeah. to be honest, because uh, we, we know that uh, the restaurants that were here before us, 
they were very dependal, uh, depending on Dubai Opera. Yeah. So we decided that we need to create the, the space and the place where people just want to come to have the special uh, experience. So okay. for romantic dinner, for hanging out with friends, even business dinners. We're open for everyone. So we, uh, of course, we know that Dubai Opera has a show. Of course, when they have show, uh, we have more people coming. Like uh, these days, we have uh, Pink Floyd, so we have a lot of uh, walk-ins. Yeah. But, uh, no, but normally, we want to uh, to consider every person who is living in Dubai to come in our restaurant, not only people who are coming to opera, to Dubai Opera. And what time are you open? We are open from 6 uh, p.m. until 12, p- till 12 a.m. for now. Mm-hmm. But then we also have amazing terrace that is going to be open very soon. Mm-hmm. It's like one, two week time. And uh, the terrace has its own opening hours. Okay, and I'm sure the views are beautiful as well. <laughs> well, thank you. But the terrace is amazing because we have amazing view on Burj Khalifa. That, it even started. That's what I was <laughs> saying. The, bookings, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the view must be amazing, definitely from there. And the view is just amazing. People already started booking for New Year. Can you imagine? I'm wow! But when they see, they're like, "Oh my God, this is this place to be for New Year." Okay, so we're like, "Yeah, please. take a picture, send it to me." Okay, Pauline, let me see what you're talking about. Okay, and where can people find? <laughs> you online uh we have uh, our instagram bilcanto dxb mm-hmm. okay. so today you can find us online and also our bilcantores.com our website and i just want to ask jamila what has the actual feedback been you've only been opened a week what kind of feedback have you got from diners well the guests love it uh part of our unique dishes with some flavor combinations that guests have never experienced before mm. like the pear and gorgonzola cheese pizza or the Torta de la Rose, that is one of our favorite desserts. Everybody gets out of here overwhelmed and very happy with the experience. And what's your favorite dish on the menu? Um, I have this sweet tooth, honestly. <laughs> okay, so which one is it? I, the Torta de la Rose is absolutely awesome. So I always keep this space. But my main course is the caper crusted lamb filet. It's simply amazing. You have to come to try. Uh, I definitely even difficult to choose. <laughs> no, no. I, I think the way I see it, when I do like anything to do with food, you have to try it to be able to talk about it. So you tell me when to come, and I'll be there, and then I'll be taking pictures uh, of the Burj as I've been hearing from Pauline. So yeah, I would love to do it. I would love to try it. I'll bring Helen as well when she she's had her wisdom teeth out, so she can't chew. So give us about a week, and we can both pop over. <laughs> absolutely it's going to be a pleasure having you here alright then thank you so much ladies thank you that was uh, Bel Canto they've just opened for a week can you believe that this is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinneys eat well live well now joining me in the studio is a chef who I'm sure he knows the answer to that but he's not going to say it on air uh, so a few weeks ago I walked past this very minimalistic building on the West Beach on the Palm and when I remember walking past, I thought, that looks like a spa. And there was no sign or anything. So I, I didn't really know what it was. And then um, literally a few weeks later, some good friends of mine, they said, there's a new place I want to take you to. And it was the same place. And I said, yes, I definitely want to go. What is it? And she said, it's called Sand Beach. And Prabhat Manikam is the group executive chef for Food Fund International and the man responsible for adding another kilo after I ate there. Welcome to the show, Prabha. How are you doing? 
Very good, Bonham. Thank so, you for having me here. So you fed me well last time when I came. You fed me and Marjorie, my friend, really, really well. Um, I have to say, um, when I saw you, you looked about 27 to me, but you've been doing this for 20 years, so you age well. So before we get to the food, what is your beauty secret? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm actually getting old. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I no know, longer ink, yeah. But I know you're very good at what you do because you spent a lot of time with us and you really are involved in this place. So for anyone, I mean, I know a lot of people have seen it on, on social media. Uh, for anybody who has not been and they do want to go, how do you describe the vibe and the ambience of it? It's as you mentioned earlier, it's very minimalistic, but it has many things to offer, like uh, in terms of design. So it's a like African lux- luxury beach club. It has the pool bar and pool, so and have beach access as well. And also, the moreover, that you have a great food and drinks to be offered. So when you come, this is a fine dining restaurant with the beach club. So, and basically, it's all on sand. Well, most of it is on sand. So the sand is very, very soft. So you've got the dining area. And tell everybody how many people can actually eat there in one go. Uh, about 670 people yeah. at the winter. It's crazy. That's a crazy amount. But you actually don't feel like it's crowded or there's 600 people. It's spread out in such a way that you do not realize there are 600 people there. Okay, so let's talk about the actual uh, food. Now, um, the, the food was so impressive, I have to say. There was a lot of fish, obviously, because we're on the yep. beach. Uh, tell everybody some of the signature dishes that you've, you guys have come up with just for this. It's a lot, actually. In Sasan, when we discussed originally when we want to open a beach club and it does actually by the beach. So we wanted to cater and also the international menu to cater everybody yeah. and to have the African twist onto the menu. So then we have the Mediterranean segment as well. So we need to introduce actually. So then we had steaks, fish, and then a Japanese element as well. So there's a lot of signature dish that I could um, explain, but a few of mine is the one of the one is the Otoro Tartar. It has with the misoban and tuna. I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, what else is on there? I mean, you've got you've got fresh lobsters and crabs and everything there, yeah, I remember. We a, yeah, we've got a big uh, seafood display that we get like regularly uh, fresh and, and we have lobsters and oysters, carabiner prawns and like many variety of seafoods. Do you, you can, do you eat there every day because you're hanging out there all the time? Yeah, recently I've been there for like almost four <laughs> months and this concept actually take a lot of my time. Actually, last one half year we're working on this concept uh, to come up with some uh, better beach club uh, in Dubai. So we have to put a lot of research into this, a lot of trial. I actually got a couple of kilos by trying every day there. So I was going to say, so when you go to the same restaurant every day, let's say every week, eventually you're going to get bored of the menu. So if you're eating there every day, do you like, are you like, I need to change this up? I don't feel so far yet, but I think soon I will be because yeah. <laughs> I have another concept is coming that to start eating Italian. So, yeah. Okay. And what, what is your speciality as far as a chef is concerned? Have you learned to cook all kinds of cuisine? I used to, when I was young and I was actually like Indian foods, when I moved to Dubai, I started working in a steakhouse so that I was used to enjoy the steaks. Then when I opened Greek restaurant, I love Greek food for a couple of years. <laughs> then I moved to open American, so started working on burgers and steaks. Yeah. Then later I moved to Japanese, Peruvian, Nikkei concept. So I have, all the time I was eating ceviches and sushi. So then You've got late- a very wide palate. <laughs> Can you open a fish and chip store, please, for of me? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Do you serve that? Do you serve that at the We have sand? in a, one, a couple of restaurants. Yeah, we have uh, okay. fish and chips. Awesome. All right. Now, um, was it hard coming up with the dishes? I mean, if you think about it, it's still a, quite a fancy restaurant. It's very trendy. You get some very cool people there. And then there's me. And then also you have the beach and everyone's chilling. Did you have to figure out how to balance out the menu? Because it's not an indoor restaurant. 
Yeah, that's a challenge as well having uh, from the beginning because it's about 30,000 square foot restaurant. Yeah. So it's just massive and spread out from up to the beach. So to serve the same food, actually we're serving the same food on the restaurant onto the beach as well. So if you could have uh, Toro Tata in the restaurant, you can have the same on the beach. So it's, there's no different menu. So in that logic, you have to create a menu that suits for everybody. The yeah. beach goer, they love to have some seafood and uh, maki rolls. So I have to have them on the menus. So we create a concept that it suits for Everybody, anytime, also having a breakfast menu start from 9 o'clock. So you can literally have a good meal from morning 9 o'clock until 2 a.m. So when you, I remember when we were there, we were telling everyone, please tell the chef, just give us small portions. And then what looked like um, the Atlantic ship or a cruise ship came out with loads of sushi literally on this dish, which looked like a ship. And you had actually designed this and you showed me the original design, which you'd made with foil. Tell me, like, how involved are you when it comes to, like, as a chef, do you think, I know how I want to serve this and I'm going to create the dish and have it made like this, the actual, like, um, plate? No, I be, I'm also looking after the procurement, so I'm involving in sourcing and creating a, the crockeries as well. So every time when I want to bring in new things, a um, new product, I also work on getting a new crockeries. Yeah. So I was just sitting down saying how I'm going to present this market platter. Everybody does it with normal wood and uh, normal plates. Yeah. So I was thinking like bringing the vision to have doing on the boat. So I was talking to our pottery supplier who creates uh, especially for, for FFIs. So I told her the idea is I want to create a boat. And she said, no, I don't think it's possible. She said, no. in, yeah, she said <laughs> it's not possible to create in ceramic and I don't, cannot imagine. So I have to do it in the aluminium foil in the back of the yeah. kitchen. And he showed me this picture. <laughs> he made it out of aluminium foil and said, this is the prototype. Then I passed it on to her and she started working. It took like 10 trials to get it right. And now that's one of the signature dishes in San. It's crazy. And every single person actually wants to have the meal. And seeing that picture, can I have that one without even knowing that product? So they just want to have that. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Now, Chef Prabha is with me. He is the guy behind um, Sand Beach, which is a very trendy, funky, uh, a new beach restaurant which holds 600 people, but you don't feel that at all. Um, I'm sure you've seen it on social media. But there's a lot more than just uh, food going on there. I mean... There's obviously you've got the beach, you've got swimming pools, you've got music, DJs, yoga. Tell us a little bit about that. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a big uh, pool bar and a swimming pool. And also we don't stop there as entertainment is a big um, uh, thing in sand. So we have a live band going on every day, whole day. And then we have two DJs, one for outdoor and one indoor. So they play all day. Okay, so I remember sitting next to the DJ actually, and it was quite, it was quite funky and it was quite loud though because I'm getting old. I'm like, I can't hear what Chef is saying to me. What age is it for? I mean, are we allowed to take kids or no? Are we allowed to take children? Uh, no, like, it's is, it, is it eighteen, eighteen plus? Twelve plus. Oh, twelve, 12 plus. plus. So that's a kid. I can take my niece. That's not a problem. <laughs> so, what are the new openings that you're involved with? After the sand, we opening. Uh, two more outlets in Dubai Hills Mall in two days. It's a tribes and eat Greek casual dining concept in Dubai Hill Mall. Okay, which is set to open on Sunday. And what kind of what kind of cuisine will that uh, tribes be? Tribes is African. Oh, tribes. It's, yeah. Yes, the one in the Mall of Emirates. Yeah, and one in Dubai Mall, and we're opening a third location in Dubai Hill Mall. So that's doing really well. Very well. Okay. And then eat Greek, the Greek concept. Yes, that's that's, also, that's a good one too. That's opening in Sunday. Yeah. And then we are working on a fine dining Italian. It's coming soon in. Best page as well. And will you be the chef in all of them? Because yeah. you are so... Oh, you just said that so confidently. Like, yeah. How, how do you go from one restaurant to the next? I don't understand. It's like, wh- when do you rest? 
I mean, this is the age to arrest. I mean, this is the time to do things. Yeah, so I love doing it. I love doing, creating new concepts, setting up the scene. So earlier it was like six months back, I created a concept called Nikekus in Clay. Yeah, oh, and yes. then yeah, then we moved to San. Now it's time to move to Lauren. But the thing is, you, I know that you're working really hard. How many hours a day are you probably working? Uh, that's every chef will say that 13 to 14 hours. Yeah. But you always have a smile on your face when I've seen you. I enjoy what I do. So I really, this is something that I always wanted to do. So I have the opportunity to create a new concept and work on with a new concept. So where I have a privilege, so I'm creating it. Yeah. So I know that you've traveled. A lot of chefs have to travel and everything like that. Which destination, and it can even be here if you want, has really inspired you when it comes to food that really just thought, wow, that's really influenced the way I want to cook or, or it's given me totally new ideas? Italy has been a very good. So I spent about uh, 30 days last year traveling from north wait, to south. So wait, Where did you go? So I started actually from Milan. I spent for four or five days in Milan. Then I went to Florence, Florence to Modena, Modena to Rome, Rome to Napoli, Capri and Amalfi. So I did actually. Which was your favorite? <laughs> Which was your favorite? I've been to them. Tell me. I would say in terms of food scenes, Milan has been uh, great because the new scenes and new stuff. But then also Napoli had a very good pizza. So, yeah. And Capri has been a very good, amazing uh, for a tourism. I mean, and also it has a great seafood to offer in Amalfi Coast. Yeah. On Amalfi blew me away. Anyone goes anywhere in Italy, you have to go to the Amalfi. Coast. It is the most stunning place. But I remember the best thing about those kind of places when you go to the country is that, you know, the fancy restaurants where a lot of the tourists go. It's the trattorias, you know, the ones a little around the corner that have the fresh tomatoes and simple pasta. And you're like, whoa, this Yeah, there's a lot of so them. That's what I've been eating out of 44 restaurants in 30 days. Yeah. So do you exercise a lot, Chef? A lot every morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can live. Do you yeah. just run back and forth from one restaurant to the next? <laughs> True, because we have a lot of restaurants in UAE, about 14 of them. So I try to visit them at least, uh, you know, four or five a day. Do you know, you're such a good person to know. If I want to book a restaurant, I'm like, chef, I'm coming to one of your yeah. restaurants. I've got you on the radio. Now get me in one of your restaurants. For sure. A lot of, lot of people do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about ingredients? Well, you know, we're talking about Italy and the ingredients there. What kind of ingredients do you use at Sand Beach? Like, do you try and be as fresh? I mean, and I've seen the seafood is fresh. We what? work with a lot of the local producers as well. I tie up with the local farmers. So mm. they produce a lot of product for me and specializing. Like, you know, I I ask for many things. So they're from greens and uh, herbs. So yeah. they're producing. And also I'm setting up a uh, hydroponic farm in oh, Lauren. Amazing. So producing our vegetables and greeneries up there because we have massive terrace. So I type with Emirates Biofarm. So they're setting up the entire hydroponic um, facilities for us to produce fresh vegetables and herbs where people can also walk around and see that. That will be in Lauren. Um, if you had to choose one dish, like to eat for the rest of your life we ask this to all our chefs what would it be uh, to be honest it's been changing actually no, like you can't six change. years you six can't years change. back it was different when i opened it's a japanese it was japanese <laughs> <laughs> when i opened now i'm learning so i'm gonna say italian <laughs> italian just yeah. simple pasta or pizza yeah it's pasta i would say yeah, a lot okay. of that, yeah. well chef uh, thank you so much i really think that your team need to throw water over you so that you can multiply like a gremlin because i really don't know how you're doing all this yeah, we may have person. a great uh, team i mean i have 450 chefs and oh my yeah. goodness chef <laughs> So they're doing great job and they support me in every way. Yeah. I just have Melania and, uh, and Helen. They give me a headache. You got 400 <laughs> people. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. And thank guys, you. do check out Sun Beach. It is pretty incredible. It's a very funky place. And you can take your shoes off and just watch the sunset and listen to music and have some great food. And do check out that boat, the, the dish that he's designed for the sushi. It's pretty amazing. Tune into Farmer's Kitchen every Friday from 2 to 5 p.m.